Hi everybody, this is Vicki. It is Monday, August 15th, 2022, and I have some things Father's been talking to me about for several days. I want to uh, bring those to you. Thank you so much for joining us from Chuck and from me. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate your love and prayers and your support. You guys are a huge blessing to us. I would like to say we had a wonderful time yesterday on our Sunday Zoom meeting. I think I'm going to start calling that Sunday Circle. We have a Saturday Circle with the leadership team. We'll make this the Sunday Circle. But anyway, we just had, uh, oh, oh, we had a handful. I think we ended up with about 11 or 12 people, and it was wonderful just to get to spend the time with other brothers and sisters in Christ, and the Lord spoke through different ones. So if you're interested in joining us for that time, please send an email to Casey at vineyardconnections at outlook.com. Again, it's vineyardconnections at outlook.com. We would love to see you there. It's at two o'clock central in uh, the US. So, so it was just so precious to get to be with everyone yesterday. Okay, let's see. There's a lot of information in the description box. If you want to get a hold of us for any reason, please check that box and you'll see that information there. Chuck just finished a new song. I think it's close to an hour in length. So if you're looking for more music to uh, listen to while while you spend time with the Lord, whether in, you know, in whatever circumstance you want to listen, it's just, it's really beautiful and it's very peaceful and quite a blessing. I've been listening to it this morning. Um, it will be on his channel first, and that is Chuck Adkins Music on YouTube. So if you want to hear it, go there. The name of the song is Heavenly. That's the title, Heavenly. And it certainly is beautiful music. Okay, guys. So I want to get into this because Father's been talking to me about, first he started out by talking to me about Dagon. And some of you may be aware of this story. It's in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 5. And just a little prefacing here. Uh, Israel had sinned, basically. The head guy, Eli, was not paying attention and obeying God about his sons who were priests who were out doing all kinds of uh, things that really made the Lord angry. And long story short, he told Eli through Samuel, the prophet, when he was still young, that uh, the day was going to come that God was going to, uh, there was going to be a price to pay for that disobedience on Eli's part. And that's exactly what happened. There came a day when the Philistines were in uh, battle against the Israelites. The Israelites were majorly defeated. Uh, Eli's two sons were killed in the process, and the Ark of the Covenant of God was carried off by the Philistines to back. They took it back home with them and put it in the house of Dagon, which was their god. And um, it's just a really interesting story. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 5, as I said, and if you want to read it, it's just... On the first night, they they put the Ark of the Covenant in the house of Dagon, the idol. Okay. On the first night, Dagon fell over on his face. So the next day, the Philistines went in, saw Dagon in his face. So they sat him back up, stood him back up, how, whatever his posture was. They put him back on his feet or on his whatever, 
and he uh, then again the second night he fell and this time his head and the palms of his hands were cut off and they were cut off on the threshold the only thing that was left was the stump of the idol now there's a couple of different things here we're gonna I'm gonna but it'll all come together so we're gonna fast forward to today we now carry what would have been called the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. We carry the presence of God in us. We are the temples of Holy Spirit. Back then, they took that Ark and put it in an idol's house. Well, God wasn't happy with that. He destroyed the idol. Today, Father looks at us and says, okay, now, now my spirit, which back then would have been representative by the Ark of the Covenant. Today, he says, my spirit is in you, and I want to know what kind of house I'm living in. <laughs> Actually, he already knows. But um, then after, so, so back then, um, there was a price to pay for the disobedience of the, of the uh, judge or Eli, the, the, the priest, the prophet, the priest. And today, Father says, okay, so what is going to be, what do I need to do with those who have chosen to take my spirit on them, but are still living in an unclean house? I saw, I saw a throne in a person's heart. And on the throne were a lot of little thrones. All these little thrones seated on, I mean, on this one big throne. And at first I didn't completely understand what I saw. Father actually revealed part of it to me. Uh, the first thing he said was, the idols, the small idols, I mean, the small thrones represent the idols in our lives the things that, they're the little idols. There are things like, you know, things that people just really, ooh, want to spend most of their time or attention on. Like, they could be objects. They could be, you know, sitting and watching TV all the time, being on the computer all the time, watching, you know, wasting time with different shows or movies, programs, whatever. Idols could be exercise. Some people get absolutely nuts about exercise or sports or shopping or money our education, um, our degrees, you know, college, university degrees, a job. Um, they're just, there are so many different things. A church could become an idol. A belief system can become an idol. A person, you know, you can idolize another person. So those were the little thrones. Well, I thought that the big throne was his throne. He said, nope. The big throne on in the hearts of those who have all these little idols or any idols in their lives, that big throne is the idol of self. It's a mirror idol. It's what self wants. It's an idol to ourselves. And I saw the Lord come and he's not interested in just removing the little idols on the thrones. I mean, the little idols that are represented by thrones on that big throne. 
He's interested in getting it all out of our lives, every bit of it. And then he was talking to me about uh, scripture. I think it's in First Timothy, where it talks about in the latter days, these things are going to be happening and people will have their conscience seared. They'll, they'll, they will embrace the hypocrisy of lies and things. And although that talks about specific things, goes on in that verse and talks about specific things, something that happens to us if we're not careful is that we begin to embrace lies about our sins. We begin to embrace, because we don't want to get rid of those little idols. We like those little idols. Um, so we will believe a lie. For example, God might say, all right, you got this thing going on in your life. I don't want this thing going on in your life. I want you to get rid of that. It's not a, it's an unclean thing and it keeps, you know, it keeps you separated from me. It keeps you from doing what I've called you to do. It keeps you in guilt or shame or condemnation, it keeps you in rebellion. I want you to get rid of that thing. And the Lord will come and I don't know how many times, it's not like there's a, there's no number. He's the one that decides this, but he will come and try to get us to get rid of those idols or that idol repeatedly. But then there comes a time when he says, enough, you're not going to listen. And what happens is the longer we go without obeying, the harder our hearts become. And that little idol that's sitting in there on the idol, on the bigger idol of self is allowed to remain. Well, you know, there's scripture where the Lord says he's a jealous God. He is not going to share his glory with anybody else. He's not going to share his throne with anybody else. And I know it seems like there's an awful lot of talk uh, coming through this, through this vessel of uh, repentance, repentance, repentance. Of course there is, you guys. Somebody even wrote uh, in, a, in the comment section one time, and I couldn't even get to it to answer it because I don't know if the person removed it or uh, what happened, but the question that was posed was, why can't we ever have any good news? I mean, why does everything have to be so negative in the messages? And here is my response to that. First of all, I don't think everything in the messages is negative. I think it's incredibly wonderful that our Father loves us so much that he will warn us when we are in danger, either because of rebellion, disobedience, or to let us know that hard things are coming so that we can prepare. I hear hope, 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 hope. Yes, I hear chastisement, yes. I hear um, Holy Spirit saying, okay, I'm gonna one more time convict you of these things that I want you to get rid of. And I'm doing it because you are loved. And because maybe this one more time will be the time that you hear. I remember uh, someone praying over me years ago and I, I shared this the other day, but I didn't share it. I forgot exactly how it went. And then the Lord reminded me later someone prayed over me years ago and in the prayer it was the most beautiful prayer and he said Vicki the Lord called and called and called you until at last you heard his voice 
Now, those of you who've heard anything about my testimony before know that I went in and out of relationship with the Lord and I went really far out into the world and really deep, very deep into sin. And every time I would come back to the Lord, it would have been after another escapade where I had gotten worse than the time before. And I'd go right back out in the world after that and do the things I had done and even more, even more beyond that. So he said, the Lord called you. He called and called and called until at last you heard his voice. And that's what God does with us. It's what he does with his, his children, with the people that he wants. He calls and calls and calls. Sometimes people say yes right away, but then they only say yes to coming to him and they don't necessarily say yes to getting rid of all of the idols in their lives. Wanting to do our own thing is idolatry. It's the idolatry of self. It's saying, I don't care, Father, I know you don't like this, but I'm sure it's not that big of a deal. And after all, it's just this one thing. Oh yes, it's a big deal. Everything God doesn't tell us stuff just to be talking. He doesn't tell us stuff just to hear his own voice. He doesn't have to do that. So when he comes to us and says, uh, we need a behavior change here, <clears throat> and we say no, then he may, he may leave that alone for a little bit, but he's going to come back. And he's going to come back again and only he knows how many times he's going to come back. The scary, scary thing about having our conscience, conscience seared or having our hearts be hard is that if we are willing to um, compromise in this in one area, it makes it much easier to compromise in the next area and the next area. And here's why because we've left the door open. We've left the door open for the enemy and he's absolutely willing to push on that door and come farther and farther in. So here's the question and it, it's come up in my spirit several times as, as Father and I have been talking about this the last few days. The question is to ask you, is there something in your life that Father has said I don't want you to do that or I want you to do this and you have just continued to say no until now you've reached a point where you don't really hear him because you know when we have hardened hearts we become deaf to his spirit to his voice we become deafened through the hardness in our hearts Remember the scripture where he says he draws near to the humble. He gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Well, hardness of heart is pride. Hardness of heart is saying, I know what God wants, but I'm going to do it my way anyway. And that's pride. And our hearts only get hard when we continue to reject the voice of the Lord. So the question is, you guys, is there something Father has been, and it may be more than one thing, 
that he's been trying to get you to change your behavior on or about or your thinking about or, you know, I mean, it could be getting rid of the little idols is one thing, but realizing that those little idols are there because they sit on a much bigger throne. Those little small thrones I saw in that vision, they sit on a bigger throne and that is the throne of self. That is the throne that says, I'm keeping everything I want to keep. Sure, I'll let go of some things. Sure, I'll change some things in my life. But don't ask me about these things over here. I'm holding on to that. You know, I've given up all these other things for God. That's good enough. He doesn't need this too. This is my, this is my toy. This is my thing over here. And I'm holding on to that. Because remember the scripture where he stands at the door and knocks, and if anyone will open, he will come in. I heard a uh, really neat story years ago, you guys may have heard it as well, about how Jesus is the rude guest. <laughs> when you open the door to him, he doesn't just wanna go into one room in your house, he wants to go into every room in your house. He wants to go see everything that's going on. He's not willing to just stay in one place. I mean, you invite him in, he's coming in. And so many times we just want to keep some of the doors of our house closed because what's behind them is not something we want him to see, or we don't want to hear what he has to say about those things. And father said, Nope, if you invite me in, I want to go in every room. And so he goes into our hearts and he looks and he sees all of these things that we've held on to that we haven't been willing to get rid of because we enjoy them. We wanna keep them. Sometimes they come because we've just been through really hard things and so we've embraced things that we never should have embraced, sort of in an effort to protect ourselves, uh, things that give us comfort, things that you know make us feel worthwhile when we've been, if, we've, if we're someone who's gone through a lot of rejection in our lives and so we found this one thing and we really like this one thing and we're going to keep doing it and father's going you don't have to hold on to that hold on to me we go no 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 i'm just going to keep doing this i'm good and that can be anything it can be oh my it can be anything you guys so he's coming to his people and we are in a time there's a lot of I know there's a lot of call to repentance because we are in a time, none of us has any guarantee of what tomorrow holds for us. We can look even beyond, uh, even looking beyond all of the things going on in the world. And it's amazing to me how there are still so many people asleep so many people who still think, oh, everything's going to be fine and it's all going to go back to normal. It's amazing to me. People can watch so many things happen. Oh, I don't even want to go into it. I, there's just so many things going on that for us to believe that life as we once knew it is going to come back and it's going to be okay. It's How do I say this gently, Father? It's having our, we just have our eyes closed if that's what we really believe. Father is going to deal with us. We have to be dealt with. He wants a holy bride. 
He wants someone who has set herself or himself apart from the world. Someone who has said, I will have one God and it will be the creator of all things. I won't try to compete. I won't try to climb up on that throne. I won't set all these other things, all these other idols in front of his throne and expect him to honor that. He will not honor that. He's a jealous God. He's not going to share his throne. He's not going to share his glory with anybody. It's his. This may be, I don't know what this is going to sound like, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> I, I've told you guys before that I went through a period of time in my life where there was one sin I refused to get rid of. And I was in uh, leadership position in church. I, you know, I, there was, uh, and in this one area of my life though, I just would not quit. I wouldn't get rid of the sin. And I went through a period of time where father withdrew his spirit. He didn't leave me because he said once he, he's not going to leave, but he took a step back and I could no longer sense his presence. And let me tell you something. That is the most terrifying experience in the world. There is nothing scarier than not being able to have his presence with you. There's nothing. You are completely open to every assault of the enemy. And not only that, there is a blackness that takes over your soul that I can't, I can't explain to you. But what happened was because I refused to, to quit sinning, God said, okay, I have to take a step back. And he'll do that because he loves us. As awful as this sounds, I'm going to say it. My prayer is that every one of us would have the experience that we need to have so that we would truly come into the fear of the Lord. I know that he's a God of love. I also know he is a God of justice. If you have a child and you live right by a busy, busy, busy street, on a busy street or by a busy highway, and you have a little one who minds you a lot, but in this one thing, they keep rebelling, they keep running outside of the yard, outside of the fence, and the danger is they're going to get hit and killed by a truck. You're going to be pretty strong in how you deal with that if you're a good parent, because you don't want to see your child die. Our Father in Heaven loves us so much that sometimes He will be very stern with us because He doesn't want to see us separated from Him for eternity. He is going after the idols in our hearts. He's going after the little thrones. He will knock the Dagon's, or the Dagon, however you say that guy's name, that idol's name, knock him over like he did in the house of Dagon because his temple was in there. And we don't want him to have to knock us over because we choose to be a house of idols. 
So to the one who says, how come there can't ever be, you know, a positive message? The positive message is that if we will repent and follow our Savior, if we will, if we will do that, he will come and make his home in us. And we will have the hope of his glory to be with him one day in his kingdom. That is the positive message. God is good, always, always and forever good. His mercy, his love is everlasting. And he wants us to understand that that love means he loves us so much that if we refuse to bow to him and we insist on keeping these things, he loves us to, enough to say, okay, go your own way, but you cannot be with me. So I hope, I hope that uh, if you guys are struggling with anything, please know, because there's always something, I mean, for all of us, the enemy's always coming at us with stuff. And the sneaky thing is, I told, here, I'll share this with you guys. In our Sunday circle yesterday, where we just had uh, subscribers and people that want to come and join us, and we just have, have a wonderful time. But, uh, and it's a Zoom meeting, so if you want to do that, you have to send us an email. But I was sharing with everyone a testimony about how sometimes we are doing things we don't realize we're doing because they're so normal to us. We've always done them. It doesn't seem like it's a thing. And just like I said on some of the other videos, I remember when I came back to the Lord in, I don't remember which trip it was back. The last one was in 1988, but I think it was before that. I just remember thinking, well, if I quit smoking, drinking, and uh, I was using drugs too, if I quit doing that and swearing, then I am good. I've got no more sin in my life. And our Father in Heaven was quiet. <laughs> he didn't say anything. I had a lot more stuff going on. I didn't even know. I had manipulation. I had judgment. I had criticism. I had a a negative I was hateful I just there was a lot a lot of stuff that needed to change but that's where that's where I started and so the thing that I've learned is that just like pride is very sneaky and we don't even know we're walking in pride unless father reveals it to us so we have to always be going to him and asking him is there any pride in my life is there anything going on father is there something you know, just like David prayed, search me, try me, know my reign, see if there's any wicked way in me and wash me clean, renew a right spirit in me. Give me a new heart, Father. Start, you know, clean me up, God. Well, I was sharing with everyone yesterday that uh, one of the things I, I was not aware of in myself was something that was only revealed to me when I saw it in someone else. And the situation was that I listened to someone who had just uh, had a conversation with one of his children and in that conversation said something and it was pure manipulation to get the child to do what he wanted that child to do. And when the child walked away, I said, you just manipulated that child. And he said, yeah, I know. And he was very proud of himself. 
He said, I learned that from my mom. Works every time. And I said, but manipulation is a sin. And then Father began to show me that that was something I did as well. I manipulated situations. I manipulated circumstances where uh, I wanted to see things go a different way, so I would manipulate them with the things I would say or the things I would do or not do. And so I said to, I said to Father, please, I don't even know I'm doing it. Please show me the next time I do it. Please tell me, show me the next time I do it. Then one day I was in a grocery store in a line at the checkout stand. There was a woman in front of me. She had on a pretty blouse, but it wasn't really such a thing that I should have just been all, you know, <laughs> taken by it. And I said to her, that is a really, um, that's a beautiful blouse you're wearing. And she turned around, looked at me, said, thank you, and turned back around. And Father said, you just did it. You just manipulated. You were not, I, it, it had nothing to do with whether or not her blouse was pretty. That's not why I made the comment. I wanted that woman to think that I would like her or that to like me. I wanted her to like me. Now, how stupid is that? That's so stupid. But father began to show me by the words I used, by the things I did, the way I did things, you know, to change situations or to see them go a certain way, I was manipulating. You guys, that's a sin. And that was something that was one of those little idols that sat on the big idol of Vicki. Get people to like you. Get people to approve of you. Get people to think you're smart. Get people to think this about you. Get people to think that you're beautiful. Do what you need to do so you look beautiful. Just on and on and on. Our hearts are deceitful. The Father knows our hearts. He looks in there and he sees what's in there. And if we are willing to let him, he will point those things out to us. But we have to be so very careful that we don't get to the point where he has tried and tried and tried to show us something about ourselves that he does not want for us, but that we have refused to give up so many times. And with each time we say no to him, you guys, our hearts get a little bit harder. And the feeling of guilt gets a little bit you know, either we're going to find some way to mask that, like I used to with drugs and alcohol and all, and all of that. We're either going to find a way to try to mask that shame and guilt and disobedience. Or we're just going to keep going our own way. And his voice is going to get harder and harder and harder to hear. So you guys, I want to pray over you, over me, over all of us right now. Thank you for listening. Um, You know, I think it's important before I pray to say, if you want to come back to Father, I believe He wants you to come back. Whatever you've done or wherever you're failing, that very well might be why you're hearing this message because He wants you to know that, yeah, He sees that you failed. Yeah, He sees that you're 
you know, you're human like the rest of us, and we fail. We have to keep going to him and asking him to help us, strengthen us, and help us, Father. So if you've walked away or if you're just really failing in an area of your life, first of all, know that he absolutely can help you change your way. Absolutely. There is no doubt in my mind at all. So it's time to stop listening to the lies and the liar and to believe the Lord. Father, we thank you and praise you for everyone who's come. We thank you and praise you for all of the things you're doing in each one of our lives, Father. You said we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. How true. That's so true. All I have to do is look in the mirror. I have sinned so many times in my life, and you have been so faithful when I come and ask you to forgive me and to help me get it right. You've been so faithful to help me, and I know I continue to come to you every day, just like so many of our brothers and sisters here. We want to be clean vessels, Father. We want to be spotless. You want a spotless bride. You don't want us with all the filth of the world, with all the filth of disobedience and rebellion on us. You want us to be the holy bride that you have called us to be and how beautiful it is that you continue to call even as you said in that prayer you continue to call and call and call until at last we hear you so father we pray for all of those who have not heard you yet and i'm and i know god you know i'm not talking about hearing you with their ears but hearing your spirit call and finally saying yes Yes, Father, I will change. Yes, Father, I will obey. Yes, Father, I will humble myself. Yes, Father, I will follow. We pray for all of us, God, that we would have the kind of hearts that are hearts of flesh and not hearts of stone that have been made stone by our choosing to be hard-hearted and choosing to refuse to listen to you. Thank you, God, for everything you're doing. We pray for all the ones who have been lost and who are searching for you. We pray for them, Father. May they find you soon, very quickly, even now. We pray for all of the children and all of the animals. We pray for the people that are being abused or tormented or tortured in any way, shape, or form. For the ones who are being starved or persecuted or imprisoned or uh, going through any kind of... Um, torment by the enemy and God I'm just going to say that pretty much applies to everybody on the planet because I don't think there's anybody that anybody that's outside of uh, being tempted or anything like that the enemy hates us all but God you love us with a love that will never die and we look to you and we look to your love and we look to your faithfulness we look to your righteous right hand that will hold us up in times of trouble we look to your strength when you tell us that when we are weak you are strong so father and your strength is made perfect in our weakness so father you've seen our weakness we ask you to forgive us for our failures and at the same time we thank you god that you have made us the vessels that you've made us that you know our frames you see you remember that we're dust and you made us the way you made us in these earthly bodies so that we would realize we have great need of you always thank you god 
We bless your name. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for being the Almighty One. Thank you for your Son, for the gift of your Spirit, for the angelic beings that you send to be ministers to the heirs of salvation. Thank you for brothers and sisters in Christ who love you and who want to honor you and follow you, who are uh, leading the way in their walks with you to be those examples that would be blessings in the lives of those who come along behind. Father, thank you so much. You are so good to us. We lift this prayer to you in the name of our Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach. We ask you to take, help us take the idols, those thrones out of our hearts. Tell, help us tear down the idol of self. We don't want to be we don't want to be in the house of Dagon in the way in which we choose to live in idolatry. God, forgive us for our sins. Cleanse us from all right, unrighteousness. Search our hearts. Try us. Whatever's wicked in us in any way, we ask you to get it out and lead us in the way everlasting. We thank you for your promises that if we ask for anything according to your will, you hear us and your answer to us is yes. And Father, we know that when we ask you, to help us have the strength to walk away from sin, that you absolutely hear us because we are asking according to your will. You don't want any of your people living in sin. So thank you, Father, for all of these things. In the name of our Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, the faithful and true one, we pray. Amen. Okay, you guys, I'm going to play one of Chuck's songs. God bless you. Be back later for uh, TLC. Here comes Chuck. <laughs>